All right, Jess, so you were in Minnesota, I believe. Is that true? I was in Minnesota for two and a half days. <laughs> Did you get the Somalian food like we recommended? No, unfortunately. It was a little out of the way from where we were, but I met a ton of Somalis, actually. So our Uber driver coming in was was Somali and a bunch of people that we just randomly met. Um, and they spoke really highly of little Somalia. I, I'm kind of curious how there came to be such a robust community there. Maybe refugee placement? Yeah, they, the city might have had programs. There are a lot of adoptees out there, too. The funny thing is, growing up, I always thought Minnesota was the coolest place because Minnesota is a big hockey state, probably the biggest hockey state in the United States. It is. So, obviously... Growing up, I was, you know, very into hockey. And, you know, the Mighty Ducks <laughs> takes place in Minnesota. Oh, and it what's does. really funny is when I was growing up, like the really good hockey teams, like say Detroit and and the Buffalo Sabres were actually my favorite team because I really like this player named Dominic Hasek. So I also Detroit and Buffalo were the best cities to live in, um, <laughs> as opposed to the hellhole I was in, you know, the, Vancouver, the city of losers. <laughs> so I was always like, oh, I... If I if I lived in Detroit every year, I could realistically hope for the Stanley Cup. And obviously, that's you know, true. Kids, kids are stupid pieces of shit. So I had no idea about you know, the economic <laughs> situation. But I was like, Detroit and Buffalo, those are the places to be. Leave it to the Canadian to think that the best cities in the United States are the ones that happen to like hockey. <laughs> that, is, that is true. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't like the Devils? I mean, the Devils were good around the time that Detroit. Oh, I hated the Devils. The Devils in the '90s were the most boring team in the league. All well, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the Red Wings are definitely more more exciting for sure. Yeah, yeah. They were the Russian team, so there was like a there's a little menace to them, which I liked. I always liked the Russian players more than the Canadian players because the Russian players were flashier and they played more of a skill game. Canadian players were just all about hitting and being boring. So that's kind of funny, right? Because like I think the the popular image of uh, Russians is sort of mechanical, right? Yeah, actually, there's this great documentary called Red Army, uh, which chronicles like the the, the communist team, and mm. yeah, it, it's a, it's a contradiction. Yeah, they were very regimental. They were all soldiers, technically soldiers in the army. They were treated kind of like a like a combat unit, but right. in that they flourished as probably the most exciting creative players of their time. Way more yeah. than like Canada, which like, fancied itself as the you know the land of the free or some bullshit like that. <laughs> Escape from plan A. Chinese girls. Sweet, innocent, submissive Chinese girls. Conservative and virginal. Good at maths, ping pong, and looking after men. Screw that. Here are three Chinese girls who kicked that shit in the ball bag. Jackie, angry? Hey, what's up? This is Escape from Plan A, the uh, Plan A podcast. This is Oxford along with... Mark's here. Jess is in the room. Yes, she is. So here we're just going to uh, talk about Chinese burn, which is this thing that's been, this has been kind of stirring up discussion in the Asian American community or like Asian every everybody. So uh, we just wanted to kind of maybe take a step back from just being so outraged by it and just make fun of it because that's really all this deserves. It's such a bad show. It's embarrassingly bad. Yeah, that's, I, I watched it the first time and... Uh, I actually couldn't quite process what I was seeing, right? Like, there there, <laughs> there are some legit funny moments in there or ways in which some things were funny, but I wasn't sure, like, how to laugh at it because it was so poorly presented and poorly r- written out. 
Um, and then the second time I watched, I was pissed off because it's, it's just so bad. It's like, it's, it, not even in the stare, not even the types of characters they're portraying. It's just like, oh my God. It's like the only thing you were trying to do was dismantle the model minority stereotype by being such a bad, like writer or creator or anything, bad actors. It was, and the third time it was just, it, it was just bad TV, right? I mean, I think kind you of, should be given a medal for watching it three times. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I can't say that I paid attention that closely the third time. But at that point, it kind of like settled into what what I think it actually is. It's just extremely mediocre TV, right? It happened to feature people of a particular ethnicity, and we we given that we are kind of lacking in solid representation, we kind of latched onto it and put too much on it. Right? Yeah. But the fact yeah. of the matter is that you know there are going to be shitty creators who are Asian. And uh, just you said that you you said that it's uh, we're technically three Koreans. Uh, talking about a show about yes. Chinese one, but but you know Mark is technically Jewish. Yeah, yes, you are an honorary Chinese, so we got, we got some diversity here. <laughs> yeah, so we know of what we speak. This is not appropriation. Yeah, and I was know. I was very proud of myself for being able to find this uh, the actual file of this video because you need to be in the UK to watch this. So. Like, technically, I pirated it. You know, Mr. Ajipai, please don't throw me into your FCC re-education <laughs> centers. No, but he said that you could stream the stuff. and You, uh, know. you are totally hotter than Tom Wheeler, who was the previous <laughs> FCC chairman. <laughs> I hate I hate net neutrality. I love Verizon. Verizon's way better than Comcast. <laughs> uh, Amen. Right, that being said. All wow. right, so yeah. the format, I will... I'll just kind of narrate the the, the show for everyone who's you know, had the fortune of not watching this. So I just kind of like lay out the plot and I'll just go scene by scene and then we can just kind of talk about what's going on, little observations we had, etc. Sure. Does that sound good? Yeah. Yeah. So in the intro, they start off with this montage of uh, these pictures of Chinese women or like Asian women in general. And, and it's all about how like, oh, Chinese women are stereotypes as sweet and docile and they're like no we're bad bitches and we're gonna take over london and and all that you remember that intro right yeah we do it was so cringy so cringy yeah no one of the cringiest things was in in their pictures of one of the you know like all these submissive asian women. one of them's like a gymnast i know right yeah and i was yeah, just yeah. thinking i was just thinking who thought oh I'll, I'll find a picture of like some like hot docile chinese woman i'll, I'll pick her, like a 12 year old gymnast it was especially probably the, one of the people who like created the show. Yeah, and especially with the the Larry Nassar thing going on with the U.S. women's gym team, it's yeah, gym, uh, gymnastics team. Like, oh, this is yeah. But they're from the U.K., so you know yeah. they probably so don't they can even hide under that. that but just overall, like that yeah. moment did not need to exist, right? Well, yeah, and and it just came off as amateurish right from the start. Speaking of yeah. amateur, like, they have the uh, they have the the biggest cliche in the world, which is the record scratch or the. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yep. all, it, it's just an amateur hour. It's like, if they were at the Apollo, they'd be booed off the stage. they get the hook. <laughs> and or I think actually show. it was a, yeah. I think they know how bad they are. I think they're hiding behind, by, by they're guaranteed to get, you know, eyeballs on the show just by virtue of who they are. And I think they know exactly how mediocre they are. So they, they keep making these overt attempts to play the oh rally behind us we're we're minorities we got to stick together we got to support each other uh card over and over again and that's it's transparent 
You think they yeah, were trying they, to pull yeah. a Tommy Wiseau and trying to make something so bad it's good? <laughs> well, I was no, going to I was I actually going to say that. I don't that. think so. I don't uh, think so. I think this was it was a, it was oh my god. I who knows what the earnest, fuck though. they were trying to do. They were being really earnest. It's just they are such bad writers and story creators like that they couldn't quite pull it off. Well, and Tommy Wiseau, right? Was was earnest too. Like he didn't he wasn't trying to make a comedy. <laughs> I think they're, unfortunately, I think they were actually being serious when they were talking about, yeah, this show's completely an attempt to deconstruct stereotypes and present a new empowered image of Asian, particularly Asian women in in modern society. Uh, like, they started with that. And they're like, okay, shit, how do we do that? And they come up with this nonsense. Like, wouldn't it be funny if we have a Taiwanese person waving a cleaver around in front of a dog? Like how, like like you could tell like they they had they they probably had a mood board with one stereotype per mood board, and they're trying desperately to kind of craft a scene based on that based on that to try to deconstruct the stereotype, but I mean they have no narrative direction and they don't really have a personal I don't think they have personal ethics ethical direction, right? They don't have a solid core to start with, so it just kind of ended up reaffirming that stereotype. Like good job guys. What it reminded me of was uh, like a college video project. By... It really yes. did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like th- like that that uh, record scratch was such a giveaway. That's the kind of thing you you write in your you know first or second script. You're like oh I know I'll I'll put that in because I saw it in in the Wonder Years or or some right. something like that. Well, yeah. we'll do we'll do photo montages intro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so the intro passes. So, yeah, so the intro passes, and then you get the first scene in which Jackie, who is, I guess, the lead, she's played by Yenis Chung, uh, is is um, with Elizabeth, who's like the second lead, and um, Jackie is practicing these roles that that she's trying to do for her auditions, and I mean, like Jackie is obviously trying to be like like the cool rebellious Asian girl. I thought she looked a lot like. Skrillex slash G Dragon meets yeah. You ever see Sean Connery in the movie Zardoz? Yes. Is that it's a really infamous picture of him? It's like in a mm-hmm. red man mankini. Yes, oh, like yeah. the mandolin. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what she looked like. She looked like G Dragon meets Zardoz. Oh my god. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then she's uh, and Elizabeth's taking i guess pick uh videos of her saying like be a chinese prostitute be a korean prostitute be a saudi prostitute and um, this is like another like another data point in why i'm come to really hate asian actors because they're like all these fucking special snowflake types who think they're so special and think they're so unique and they they conflate their own personal hardships in an admittedly racist industry with like some greater asian advancement Right, like they have to go through this trial and tribulation for everybody or some shit. Yeah, and, and the problem is like Asians don't have a way of organically bringing up our own artists. So what happens is any any like young Asian who, ever, who wants to be an actor or a writer or whatever, they end up having to fight their own like parents, their own you know peers and all that. So they have this weird thing where they, they resent their own Asianness because they think it's holding them back. And they're trying to make it in this ex- incredibly white dominated uh, world. Uh, but they know they're Asian in it, so yeah, it's it's just it it just fucks them up a lot. And I know there are exceptions, but on the whole, if, if you look at this, if you look at like Master of None, you look at the Big Sick. It's always about these 
like minorities who are in who are want to be actors or want to be comedians. It's like, oh, woe is me. Uh, you know, the the white people won't accept me, and and my culture is holding me back. Like, fuck you, just. Well, yeah, and and it's also like it's almost become cliche at this point that uh, the way that you're going to show that someone is rebelling against the model minority is that they're becoming a creative, right? They're an actor, sure, yeah. a musician. I want to see a story about like the like the Asian accountant or like the Asian delivery, like Chinese food delivery person, delivery person, like the Asian like test prep instructor. That's like the stories I want to hear. Now. I'm I'm sick of hearing these things about these fucking snowflakes. Yeah. And it doesn't help that just Yanis, Yanis Chung or whoever she is, uh, is just a bad actress. But that's true. Like, she's just <laughs> horrible. So when, like, just, Fufu, who's the third member of the trifecta, uh, is see, like, Fufu you just I suck. like. Fufu's, yes, Fufu's Fufu like was a, the only character I was like, okay, this is Yeah, she's, actually she's like, sort harmless. Okay. I think she has, like, a sub-50 IQ, but she's good-natured. <laughs> she, for no reason, offers to, you know, pay for all these for all these she was she stuff. was the foil for everyone else right yes yeah. she's supposed to be the like obli- i mean if we wanted to give it more um gravitas than it deserves then she would be kind of like she would be the core of asianness that the other two are too good to partake in right so they're poking everyone's poking fun at fufu you're supposed to look at her and see her as ridiculous but if you also look at if you look at it deep she's the only one who's actually enjoying herself she is, yeah. yeah. And she's chasing sure. her dream of, of being a fashion designer. She's the only one not tortured by this whole half in, half out, oh my god, why won't anybody love me mentality. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Like she yeah. wants to go she wants to go buy the clothes off a Jewish guy's back. She just went and did that. Um <laughs> Oh, I thought she just stole it off of him, but I guess I can't you know, you know like that, I, I like I, that it, interpretation better. <laughs> It makes her a little more badass, but I just like, assumed she so, just waved a wad of cash around. Well, yeah, well, yeah, and that's like the running gag with her is that she just gives people huge wads of cash because she's rich. Wait, so do they slip anti-Semitism like, in there too? Like she was able to buy like the clothes off a Jewish guy's back. <laughs> like, well, why? Because like Jews only care about money. Is is that and what the you're religious implying? symbolism? Yeah. Well, it's not even just the clothes, right? So, so he's like a Hasidic guy. She comes in in the next. Well, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but she buys the hat off of him, but the curls come with the hat. Oh, she bought his hair too. Wow. Yeah. That's a- no, it's not that. No, it's more that like the guy wasn't really acidic or something. I don't know what <laughs> it was. He's a poser. But like, she comes in with it, and like, it, it's not just the hat. Like, she has the curls down the side. I'm like, what? He was wearing a wig. It was just weird. Okay. I'm like, why did, why did this have to happen? Mark, you are right. We are getting a little ahead of ourselves. So, like, uh, Jackie has her practice auditions with Elizabeth. And then the next scene, Fufu arrives into their apartment. And it's a great apartment. These are two... Uh, I think Elizabeth and Jackie are the ones who live there. Jackie is, is like, an unemployed actress. Elizabeth is, is like, working a minimum wage job. As like, like, you know, those people who wear sandwich boards uh, out on the street. They live in a great-ass apartment. I don't... Like, this is some weird fantasy land where you can live in a great flat in london despite having no no real income so yeah i mm-hmm. noticed that too and yeah, it ma- is- that's part of what made me feel like this is um it's surprising that this is a show made in 2017 right like this this shit was being panned back when friends was on the air right yeah, this is exactly. like 20 years ago and you know the record scratch intro this try hard you know we're just, we're so self we're 
self-conscious and we're calling it out and fuck you everyone that's that's juvenile and that's very that's very almost 20 years ago yeah so just it i don't know if this is just a, a recurring thing in british television it's just it just felt so out of place for the current moment that it's in Based on what I know British TV, I do think they tend to be a bit more gritty. I, and by British TV, I am talking about mainly Mr. Bean and one season of Skins. But <laughs> I do think that, yeah, they don't glam it up, I think, as much as yeah, Americans I agree. Do. I mean, I watch, I, I watch them and they do that particular strain of comedy really, really well. That self, like self, it, I can't even call it self-deprecation. It's like self-ruining right you're kind of like you're kind of yeah, watching that, that, this that person unravel yeah. well an already unraveled person kind of floundering around life and being miserable and unhappy and just being a general loser and i think they do this really well like black books was excellent yeah at it. if you compare yeah if you compare british office to american office you see that big contrast yeah it's dark it's it gets it's pretty you can you can do like psychological analyses on these shows it's pretty it's it's it is gritty, but not in like a crime drama way. It's just it gets into the weeds of humans, the human psyche in a in a modern well, the context. audience. Yeah, I think the UK audience tends to be more comfortable with that. I think for the US television audience, other than for some very select shows where it's like, okay, these are the dark shows. Even if it's supposed to be dark, like The Office, right? It's supposed to have that really a tinge of like, it's a comedy, but it's like a dark comedy. They can't go too far for the U.S. audience because you'll lose them, and they just won't want to watch it because it depresses them. And I think that format does not work for a piece like this. Like if if they were actually, you know, Asian creatives who were looking to, you know, reconstruct the image of what it means to be a diaspora Asian in a Western context, this format is not the way to rehabilitate that image. Like I don't, I don't know what I got out of watching Elizabeth roll around in a boba costume, s- screaming about how Chinese people are going to take over the world. Right? It only well, no serves spoilers, to no it only serves to make it more ridiculous. It highlights the loseriness without rehabilitating the humanness. So this just becomes a reaffirmation of the entire stereotype. This is just some loser chick rolling around with delusions of grandeur, which works okay if you're already white. There is no there's no presumption there for you. That you have to overcome, but when you come in as a minority, there is that baggage. I think it's it's ignorant and it's wishful thinking to try to pretend that that doesn't exist. Like, oh, we can just step into these white people's shoes and adopt this form of uh, media presentation for ourselves, and we're just gonna we're gonna we're good to go. We'll just we'll have caught up. Very true. Uh, we were talking before how bad the writing is. Uh, you can tell because in this scene, uh, the the Jackie character makes two references like she refers to fufu first as downton abbey i guess because she looks fancy and then later on she refers to as nanny mcphee and this is a telltale sign of bad writing because only in tv land do people make these kind of references to people yeah that's right no one talks like that no one talks like that and this reminds me of uh you know that show entourage um it's a show that i've never watched but (laughs) i do know that it you know that show is badly written because in a lot of scenes where there are only two people in a room, they'll constantly refer to each other by their name. So, for instance, if Jess, you and I were in the room together, yeah. when we talk, we I wouldn't say, "Hey, Jess, did you oh, get the, right. the the school like the the newspaper?" And then you wouldn't reply, "Oxford." No, I didn't. Uh. Oxford. What are you doing today? <laughs> oh, Jess, I don't know. It's nobody talks like that. But in in Entourage, again, a show 
I've never watched. For example, I don't know that in season four, the Vinny Chase and the guys try to sell Medellin at the Cannes Film Festival. I definitely don't know that because I've never watched the show. But <laughs> you can you tell when a show is badly written because people have like the writers have no idea how people really talk they've never actually paid attention to it and i can tell by this because they keep making these references that sound clever on paper but you listen to it like that doesn't sound right because people don't talk to each other in pop culture references yeah it just doesn't work unless you're i guess in some kind of absurd comedy where it's not meant to be realistic but again this is supposed to be about these struggling chinese british women so it doesn't work it's not some zany yeah, well, Seinfeld, that goes to the I, show. Yeah, right. But what you're pointing out, Oxford, uh, goes to sort of I think the a, the a central um, flaw, you know, of many flaws is that they're just confused about what they really want to do. Right? Like they don't have a real direction or vision of what they want to accomplish and, and how they want to accomplish it. They're just like like what you were saying, Jess. They sort of had like this vision board of like we're gonna you know, tear up the model minority script and we're going to do it by being wild and wacky. But that's not a plan. That's not a strategy. Yeah. That's like a They weren't even that wild and wish. wacky. Did you notice that in the intro they said, screw that. Like, say fuck that. Why Why? Why make it like PG rated, you know? Well, if you're going to be outrageous, yeah. be, just go out all out, yeah. And then there's like that stupid bit about the, the dog joke, which is like not even offensive at this point. It's just like, it's so retrograde you can't even it's you can't cliche. even get offended yeah. and then they have the chopstick they have the chopstick animation that goes across the screen in I case know. you were dropped on your head at like birth it, and you don't yeah, understand yeah. it's supposed to be you didn't get the, yeah joke. if you didn't yeah. get it anyway so the next scene the trio go out so jackie is going to audition elizabeth is going to her job and fufu is just going out to i guess go tour tour the city tour this London, is a really yeah. weird scene for a few reasons first jackie makes this this weird reference to Forrest Gump in which she mangles the, the life is like a box of chocolate saying, but by saying yeah. life is like a box of biscuits. Um, which I guess is like a sort of a British thing. Biscuits? Is it? Like, I, don't I don't even know. Like, do you know anyone like, like, like a relatively young person who still references Forrest Gump? That is, yeah, that's just, that's just, I feel like that's something that Fufu might've missed because she doesn't know Western pop culture, but I, I don't think I, I know young people anymore. <laughs> they definitely do not yeah. reference Forrest Gump. Yeah. See, they go to these things called EDM festivals. Where, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go on. Anyway, and then, uh, okay. and then Jackie's at a bus stop, and she tries to fist bump a black lady for some reason, who like side eyes her. I like, well, I don't know what this is supposed to be. Is, is is it trying to show she's down with 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 the minorities or? But then she gets rejected. I don't know. What, I don't know what the hell. See, Fufu, like, like, she's just wild and wacky, man. She's wild and wacky. Yeah, like I. <laughs> I, I, I get from the from that scene I kinda gathered she's, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed. She's the newcomer in a big city is like and No what, no no, not Fufu. This is Jackie. Jackie tries to fist bump? I thought that was Fufu. No no no, it's Jackie. Oh, okay. I don't remember that at all then. Yeah, it makes Jackie's no sense. Bad right? Bitch, right? She's the bad <laughs> bitch. supposed to be like is that to give her street cred or something? Like but she, but the but the, she the black lady doesn't return yeah. the fist bump. I remember so, that she doesn't yeah. return the fist bump. <laughs> so I, I don't understand a, what this is. Anyway, um, yeah, so that Jackie's at her audition and um, this is her having the, you know, the quintessential Asian artist uh, dilemma of having to play, you know, a stereotypical role in an audition. She's also wearing this weird coat. You guys ever seen Blade Runner? 
You know the coat that that Rachel wears that went the really big shoulder pads mm-hmm, with the big shoulder yeah, pads. I, I yeah, she's that like too. she like she like stole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's what it's like. It's like a half. It's like a denim jacket that's like purple yeah. in, the, in the shoulders. Yeah, and like yeah, it's and a then, half jacket. It's one of those like half jackets, right? That only goes like halfway down your torso. Yeah, and she's wearing those like those black like really tight like I don't know. They're not leggings. They're like they're like plastic. Skin tight I mean, pants. she had a good figure, but it's but it's like, hey, if you if you walk into an audition dressed like that, yeah, I know exactly why you're a struggling actor. You're not gonna get the you're not gonna get the call back. No, exactly. Don't you have to dress for your audition? You do, and you have to have a particular. Yeah, you have to, well, I mean, I you guess... have to have a flexible look too. So you can't have half your damn yeah. head shaved. No, for instance, but and I usually I do think she knew. you do actually. I think usually know what part you're going to yeah. be auditioning for. And it's uh, like, I guess to be fair though, she did know that she was auditioning to be a prostitute. Hence the you know S and M style wear. Oh yeah, style. maybe she did. Maybe, yeah. but then she did. But then she did seem shocked that she had to read a prostitute's line. I don't know. It's like yeah, the show doesn't know what it's doing. I mean, she I mean, she knew this be, was the to, role. Yeah. And A, she knew it beforehand. She decides anyway to come do this. And, you know, everyone's got to eat. So um, whatever. You can get a pass there. But then she walks into the audition and decides to bitch everyone else out about it. Like, I don't know what this is supposed to convey. Yeah, she calls the black writer Denzel yet another reference that nobody in real life actually makes. That's true. But it was a good line. That was like the one line I was like, because he was like can you do the accent or something? And, you know, she's like, I don't ask you if you can rap Denzel. So I'm like, okay, that's a little funny. I mean, that was like the one good line or halfway decent line. Yeah. I mean, it was like, if you just take that one scene just by itself, it, like it would have been, it would have been kind of funny. Right. But at the same time, it's, it's like a cliche of a cliche here. It's a, it's a struggling actress who's rebelling against having to play a stereotypical role. Like, I don't know how you, how you're actually shattering anything here. Yeah, it's like a cliche wrapped in a trope, wrapped in a stereotype, yeah. One thing I'll notice is that she says that uh, mixing up the L's and R's is a Japanese stereotype. Um, as a Korean, like Koreans definitely do mix up L's and R's, so I say be proud yeah. of it. I think Chinese do it too. It's really not a big deal. Um, it's only stigmatized because white people say it's bad. So I, I thought that was that was like not a... She wasn't accurate in saying right. that, that, like, <laughs> only Japanese people do it. Well, and, and if yeah. you know the language, you know, it makes sense why that happens. <laughs> so it's Actually, not the thing just is, like, in Korean, you know what I mean? Koreans are perfectly capable of making the L sound. I think they just don't really distinguish between mm-hmm. it. Right. Because right. Um, if, if you guys know Korean, if you have the, the R sound as the, as like the, I don't know how, to, what is in Korean? But if you combine the the double R sound, it makes the L sound. Yeah. Right, right. I'm not saying that yeah. it's not in the language. I just mean that it's not. Yeah, but, but like when, when Koreans, it, it like when, when often they, I I think they, we just don't care to distinguish. To us, it just sounds the same. So yeah. I mean, whatever. if there's there's no practical purpose in separating it, so why would you? So this is a practical thing, not a. I mean, no, I don't think Koreans have trouble with yellow. It matters how the word is structured as well. So it's, it's a it's it's valid. That's valid. All right, moving on to the next scene. Oh, this is this is this is the motherfucking scene. Uh, so this takes place <laughs> at the boba shop, and this is where That's we right. get introduced to oh Hung god. Lo. Oh my god! Is that yeah. his name? Oh, yeah. He actually yep. says that. Not in this scene. Actually, in the next scene, I just I just refer to him as Long Duck Dong Junior because that's basically <laughs> what he is. But he, his name is actually Hung Lo. So it starts off as you got these like 
evil Asian guys talking shit about Elizabeth, saying how she's worthless and all that. And then she comes back into the store, and then Hung Lo, who's her boss, he's just like this every, every like Asian male stereotype in Hollywood from the 1950s, uh, mashed yeah. into one. And yeah. he's like trying to hit on her, and like I, I'm really bad at swearing in Korean because I, you know, I'm I was a good son. I didn't grow up swearing <laughs> at my parents, but it, this is like this is like a pyongshin shibal. Oh he's just like I, like. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this guy's doing. Did he honestly think that being in the show would would be good for his career or something? It's just I don't know. I don't know what the, what the hell does he think it's funny? Like, have you? This is this makes something like Mickey Rooney from you know, Breakfast at Tiffany look avant garde. It's just so. Th- this scene, I could not believe it was there, especially juxtaposed on the scene right before that. Right, the previous scene is a struggling Asian woman. Right. Uh, having to demean herself. It's, t- it's supposed to talk through the uh, humiliation of having to even put yourself in that role, right? To say those awful words and put yourself in that position and kind of, you know, do that little minstrel act for, you know, hostile, a hostile audience, right? And I think about this guy. There was an audition process. They brought Asian men into the room and made them say yeah, these so he's lines. the best of the lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like like there is a competition for this role. Like bitch, did you not think this fucking through? You you want to complain about how you put you hate it when someone asks you to put on an Asian accent to be a prostitute, but you thought nothing. You thought that was totally okay to make a field of guys talk about their one-inch dicks. You thought this is somehow okay. It's not surprising when we get further in and they talk about Asian guys, so yeah, not so like to me, the juxtaposition in 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 what they're talking about and what the reality behind these scenes, what they're referencing is, it was incredible how like oblivious to reality they were in putting this together. See, the small dick joke didn't make sense because he like boasts about his one inch dick. Yeah. Yet later on, he gets offended when Jackie makes fun of his dick. Like I, I like motherfucker, make up your mind. Are you proud of your one inch dick or not? Right. Because in right. one scene you're boasting about it to to this girl you, you you're supposedly trying to seduce, and in the next scene you're offended when somebody actually points out you have a one inch dick. What the fuck? It, it's just lazy and stupid and everything See, else. And I think like it's mo- moments like this, and we can talk about that later, which is when I kind of really thought this was happening. They really don't have. They didn't write this for a single audience. They were really trying to write this for everyone. And this is partly why I think they failed so hard at this. So if you're trying to write for everyone, you, the lens that you fo- use to look at these characters has to change. And they were trying to make these characters it's just jam-pack as much as they could into these characters. So this guy's supposed to be simultaneously the boastful little loser guy. Um, he's also supposed to be the sullen, um, the I guess the sexual predator on top of that. And also the boastful, oh, yeah. arrogant Asian at the end too. Yeah, yeah, and that all depends on who you're supposed to be, who who the who you as the audience member is supposed to be in relation to this character. Also, in this scene, uh, we I mean we find out this before, but Elizabeth uh, apparently wants to be a sommelier for no apparent reason, and she's spying on this restaurant, and then she gets manhandled by this white waiter and gets like thrown out into the street and actually literally kicked. When she's down, yeah, I, I like, <laughs> yeah. So, whatever. It it just 
There's no reason for this fucking. It really, I don't. I couldn't. Well, actually, I could not tell what sequence. this was supposed that to be happened. for because she was being an asshole. She was knocking on the window, screaming, like like talking about burgundies. And you're like, what were you expecting? Are you supposed? Are we supposed to be like, yeah, that was totally a dick move, and telling you to get out of his face? Yeah. So. And and, spe- and speaking of. And speaking of Elizabeth, in the in the in the like we go back a few scenes when they're in their apartment when Fufu first comes, uh, like Fufu says, I like I heard you're a wine expert, but I heard that initially as white expert, and you know later on you find out that all all she does is just like be like have one night stands with these married white guys. <laughs> I honestly thought she said white expert as in like white w- like white man experts. Ah. <laughs> but I thought that's what it meant. I didn't catch but, that, but but uh, I, she's a wine expert because like she wants to be a sommelier. But yeah, it makes yeah. sense either way. You're you're like oh, you're almost wishing there are more layers. Than <laughs> All right, so <laughs> because next they're scene, not clever enough. You're giving them that. too much credit. That that's actually like it borders on a pun, and I think I think we're a little we're we're still in first grade here. We still have the alphabet to learn. And for each of these anyway, scenes, the like, next like, scene, uh, you s- go ahead. I'll just go real quick. For each of these scenes, I'm taking their opening line seriously, right? If they're trying to talk about smashing stereotypes or what have you, then I'm actually going to try to see, like, what are you trying to deconstruct here? And, like, the scene with Hung Lo, like, I cringe even saying that. What stereotype are you trying to deconstruct here that we haven't already hashed out before, right? And that scene with the with the at the restaurant like what stereotype there are we trying to deconstruct yeah like what what was the purpose of the scene there was none this so if there was no purpose for the from that i could see the literally the only reason it's there is because it would elicit a laugh from well or they have to they have to try to like establish this uh part of her character as a as a, a loser but someone with ambition and and try to make it funny yeah, I mean, it didn't, that's the only... really did not work out so well. I would be pissed off if someone if if someone was tapping on the glass while I was trying to eat dinner and pick a pick a damn wine to go with my food. Oh, I don't care what absolutely. color she is. That's I a mean, dick move. No, no, and she's wearing that stupid boba costume yeah. too at the same time. Like... <laughs> and like it, it just, you know, it, like that sequence, and we'll get the other the other scenes that follow it because I think for a good five or ten minutes. It focuses on her character, um, Elizabeth, but it would be—it's out of place in this show. Like, if they wanted to have a show about her and her sort of loserness, then these scenes might fit, right? But it's totally just like out of the blue for this. Yeah, yeah. For, we we can talk about Elizabeth in the in the next scene because she has a few more uh, important parts coming up. So, uh, in the next scene, it's like Fu Fu doing her tourism thing. It's it's like not funny, but it's not. It's not, it, it's like harmless, so I, there's nothing really to talk about. She like gawks at the Yudin. Uh, after that, it's back at the boba shop. The the Pyongjin Shibalom is back again, <laughs> and the and Jackie makes fun of his one inch dick, which you know this time he's actually offended by and just stomps off like a little bitch. And then I mean, could you imagine like in the movie Girls Trip where Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, like some some like black guy comes up to her. And then she makes a joke about his small brain. That's that's the equivalent here. And yeah, and here's the and here's the wish fulfillment. This he's this is a gross guy. He's he's still obsessed with her. This is this is like some weird twisted female thing. I think, uh, like he's 
she's in the show like she is still positioning herself as an object of a desirable object this guy despite being insulted ridiculed uh utterly rejected he still comes back for more because he just wants her so much but this is just day you know this is like day a hundred of many days right like we're dropped in the middle of this like this isn't the first day this has happened so it's even more pathetic. And it's like, really, you are we like what stereotype are we? What okay, what stereotype here are we talking about? Are Asian guys super persistent despite being shit on day in and day out? What's the stereotype here that we're talking about? That somehow we're supposed to believe that Elizabeth is hot enough to um, just bring all the boys to the yard so she can insult them and go her own way? <laughs> I, I I don't I'm not getting it. Like, what, what's going on? Man, that boba costume. Speaking of boys in the yard, we got the dags coming up, but that's in the last second penultimate scene, so we can talk about them then. Um, so the I guess the uh, towards as the scene goes on, you you realize Jackie, being the titan of ethical behavior she is, takes the call back to the prostitute role anyway. And then you got Elizabeth out on the street, and she runs into I guess I don't know if she's an ex or just like a one night stand she had before some white guy. No, and it was her geez. like long-term boyfriend. So in the in the when Fufu arrived, for I forget exactly how they get around to this in the conversation, but they talk about like, oh, you you know, you're dating a banker and all this stuff. And Jackie's like, oh no, no but he isn't that a her. lie? Huh? Oh, okay. Oh, that's him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and Jackie's like, no, he dumped so, her. And oh yeah, oh, yeah now I she's just that. you know now she's just sleeping around. Yeah, and then she sees him, and he's right. with his girlfriend, his new white and girlfriend, he, and she's white, <laughs> and she's white, and then yeah. she, and then Elizabeth is literally on her knees, looking up at this, I guess, godlike, blonde couple, and then she's so disappointed that his girlfriend is white. She's like, "Oh, you're white," and it's just so embarrassing, just watching it because you can see her saying, "But, but I thought I was good enough for you. I thought my race was good enough for you." It's awful. <laughs> It goes back to what you're asking, Jess. Like, what stereotypes are we shattering here? Like, what, what, what's going on? So, Asian girls are going to be on their knees in front of towering white men, wondering. And and then the and the and the white girl is is just sneering. Yeah, at her. she's just yeah. like, oh, look at this pathetic gutter trash, uh, basically a disposable pussy or something. Like, yeah, yep, so my yellow fever's gone as of that scene. <laughs> so we can we just cross that one right off the list. I am not interested. And then at the end of the scene, at the end of the scene, these two like random white hoodlums start pushing her around and, and it's like yet more just white guys randomly kicking her when she's down. I don't know. I, what I mean, it's supposed to, it's supposed, you're supposed to feel bad for her, right? Like here she is getting kicked around by society or something. But again, she's not a sympathetic character. So what are you supposed to do with this information? Like, I'd be thinking, yeah, you, you yeah. can. I don't have as much. I, I I don't have as much problem with her being an unsympathetic character. I like a lot of unsympathetic uh, female characters. It's just she's not interesting at all. She's yeah. Just... That's the thing. Like, there's an uns there's unsympathetic in a dynamic, interesting way, or in a way that you can see that there's potential for growth in one direction or the other. Right? Like, are they actually going to go straighten out, or actually are they going to just tunnel down and commit to being a you know, an evil person. Either way, you can see a little bit of uh, dynamism there that can be intriguing. This one is just a, a confused hodgepodge of aimless behavior. Yeah, and at the end of the scene, you got you got Pyeongchen Shibalom. He's in the 
base the rape basement or whatever and it's it really creepy and but elizabeth manages to escape and yeah, i think then it's like the storeroom the for the shop or something yeah which is the callback audition for jackie and they inform her that she has a shot at the lead hooray lean in feminism she gets to you know get a shot at at being the like uh, the the prima donna or whatever and the role for was for some reason f- right and the role was going to be for a white woman but you know the black writer has now well, you know that, that that's Asian every woman. asian's dream right every asian should aspire to be white so you know she's about to live the dream and then fufu shows up for no reason and then stays in the audition room i don't know what kind of mickey mouse amateurs are running this audition they just let somebody <laughs> like, just stand around there and she like criticizes everyone in the room and causes Jackie to to blow her audition, her audition, which she wouldn't have gotten anyway because you actually see her act and she's terrible, even worse than Vinny Chase from Entourage, that show I never watched. <laughs> um, but Burn. and then at the end, at the end of the scene, you see Elizabeth in the alley with a homeless person, and then she's complaining about Chinese families. Like she's set up as this like failure of a Chinese daughter, but I, you never really get the sense why she's technically a failure did she like flunk out of school did she uh, i don't know never get a good job it's never really explained it's just another moment strung together like there's i don't think there's a narrative there's no cohesive narrative here and it doesn't make sense why would you be bitching about your parents um we have no particular moment in time yeah there's no context set up but clearly this moment they wanted to get in a dig at asian parents right no jackie already complained about Asian parents in the and when they met Fufu because uh, Elizabeth tells her Fufu is a is a family friend or something and that's why she's staying with them and then Jackie goes like oh fucking Chinese parents or yeah. something it's like yeah, so yeah, yeah they have this constant complaining about Chinese parents almost like they're like fourteen years old and they're like mom dad I don't want to go to Chinese school it's like get get the fuck over it you're you're like thirty or like yeah what, whatever your <laughs> whatever your age is you're, like, please, you're on your own living in the friend's apartment in London all right like. You can- yeah, well, that's about right. the scene when my sympathy for Elizabeth just evaporated. She's there like, like, yeah, girl, you kind of are a giant fuck up. You're in a boba costume. You were literally on your knees in front of your your white lay getting sneered at by a white woman. And you got kicked by a waiter. And you want to sit here and bitch about your parents like somehow that's relevant to this particular situation in time. Yeah, and then the homeless guy offers her his booze, and she takes it, which yeah. I thought was very bad. She just, form. Take, she just takes it. Like, come it. on, this guy doesn't have a lot in life. He has his his booze. Like, don't take it from him. You're supposed to politely turn that down. Like, don't you know the? Don't you know the etiquette? etiquette? I you're British. I thought you were you were high on etiquette and stuff. Anyway, all right. Next scene, which is the second last scene, you got the big bar finale. Yeah. In which you got oh the God. all all the trio at the bar commiserating about their life. And yeah, this is when the the fucking Dags show up. Oh, by the way, Dags in the show, for those who haven't watched it, so is for desperate Asian guys. Yeah. First of all, can I just say, I thought these guys were really, really hot. They were good looking. Like That was like the first thing. I, would, I was like, what the fuck? Like, if I had to, I like I would pitch and or catch with them. <laughs> uh, you know, it's... Like, ch- you know, it's it's like cool to, cool to be gender fluid these days. That's so, right. You know, if, uh, yeah. I, I want to say that I, I've experimented for my Tinder profile. So you put them yeah, on the list of they, people. They were like that really, they were really well groomed, good looking guys. I don't know what the fuck. Well, yeah, and it was just like they, they presented the idea 
of DAGs. And they like they do the freeze frame thing that they've been doing throughout the whole thing where they explain like a term. And and I guess this particular group of desperate Asian guys f- f- quote unquote follow these three lo- or these two loser girls around everywhere because uh, yeah. they seem to know them. I mean, just I think that's what you were thinking about uh, saying about the wishful thinking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but and even, like, it plays out with Hung with Hung too. Right. Yeah, like, Hung yeah. is like lurking in the Hung, back. Hung is part trying of to trying group. to sneak in with these guys. Or, yeah, or like, and it's like and, this. And, this makes no sense. And you were like, <laughs> you wait gotta... a minute. Yeah, because like you're right. Uh, Oxford. I was like, like the lead dad guy is like this is a good looking dude. Like, he's stylish. <laughs> yeah. He's well groomed. He's like fit. Like I want to be his friend so I can hang out with his <laughs> chicks. Like what? What the hell? I think you want to be his special friend. And you heard it here. You heard it here first, guys. Plan A is a safe space for dags. Come one, but come it, all. It was, it was just sort of like, okay, why are they desperate? This guy is never desperate in his life. Like, and I, I love the fact that I get. You know how before Asian guys were, you know, we were we all had like greasy bowl cuts. We just wore sweatpants all the time yeah. and like worn out running shoes and that's what was wrong with us now we're too groomed we're like wearing you know crisp white shirts with uh nice you know vest. creased pants yeah, you know. and nice shoes yeah so you know who do, who do, what kind of woman wants that right yeah like he's <laughs> tall and like what the hell <laughs> and i i was blown away by this like by, by the by the dag stereotype i have literally never encountered that that particular negative stereotype before no it, it, they've made it up like it just made i'm up. pretty i they have to like come come on you're <laughs> and it's also more wish just, fulfillment right <laughs> yeah like somehow like that that guy and we all know who we're talking about here that guy and his buddies are just going to be hounding elizabeth and her kooky buddies all everywhere they go like give me a break no they are cleaning up. They're not going to be wasting their time on this pack of whiny brats. Yeah, and then um, as the scene goes on, uh, Elizabeth decides to give Hung Lo a, a handjob. So, oh, she got fired before. I forgot why. I think it was because Jackie mouthed off to him or whatever. She lost her job, so she decides to give him a handjob to get they a had job plenty back. Of, they had plenty of reason to fire her. She was a terrible <laughs> Yeah, she was terrible. And then so, yeah. he he come he he has this you know Jim from American Pie moment he comes in like two seconds, uh yeah and then, um some some white guy pisses off Jackie by trying to pick her up by calling her Lucy Lou he should have known he should have called her like Kara Delavine or something then she would have been truly flattered, uh but then she gets pissed off at him throws a drink in his face and then Fufu being the the very special child that she is thinks that this is something normal throws a beer in a in a black dude's face uh you know like I, i'm pretty sure they in, in i think she's from taiwan pretty she's sure supposed in taiwan, to be. they watch friends so they have some semblance of what western culture is like you don't go around throwing drinks in strangers faces especially if they're black <laughs> that uh sends a very bad yeah, it, uh, message like, about yourself. Like, um, I felt like the inserted so black this, people. Nobody into this. does this. No, like nobody. this is, and then it starts this. Nobody does brawl, this. And it's and then it, I think this is supposed to be ironic in that Jackie starts showing off her kung fu skills, pulls off some guys like fake, fake ponytail, yeah, uses ponytail. Uh, nunchucks, um, and it, I guess it's supposed to be funny. And then 
And then they get thrown out in the most gentle way possible, in which yeah. the the bouncer or something is like, shoo, shoo. <laughs> well, it's like, of, I think they're like you know, regulars at the pub, so like they're just being. I mean, possibly. Yeah. And then uh, Elizabeth says, "Fuck my life," which I thought was a very odd, kind of like 2007 reference to Superbad. Like nobody says "fuck my life" anymore. That was very funny ten years ago. Nowadays, yeah, yeah, yeah. It and, just it feels yeah. old, right? Like it just. Maybe maybe we're in a particular maybe if we're like watching American media, just we moved on from this. But it, to me, it just was astonishing that it was released in 2017. Yeah, and in the pub scene, they also they also like sing that that LMFAO song, the shot song. Uh, oh yeah, that was big when I was in college, which is like kind of like mid to late 2000s. Again, I think this is like a time capsule of maybe when these women were younger. I I'm assuming they're probably in like their like early 30s probably and, and yeah so I think this is what what they remember maybe and it just feels very jarring because it just doesn't feel that modern even though it's supposed to be a very modern cutting edge show and then we get to the final scene in which they're back at their apartment and they're you know licking their wounds from a bad day then the the racist landlady comes fufu pays their rent for you know no real good reason and then it ends them with saying yeah we're fuck offs but we're taking over the world bitches yay you know whatever yeah and, yeah, and then and they have the like, ending montage right yeah the ending like, montage they they wrote their tagline that openings bit and the final bit first and didn't think too hard about what the middle part like nothing about like really you're taking over the world how can't even get a job i mean n- none of these characters are three-dimensional at all like i would even hesitate to say they're two i mean if it's a if it's a comedy maybe they could be one-dimensional two-dimensional whatever just be funny you know this is not funny this is really retrograde like at best late 90s type of stereotypes i mean come on let's uh yeah i mean they're not just they're not doing anything about the stereotypes they're reinforcing them and the way that these stereotypes were presented like it's a really old stereotype. I mean, not to say that some part of that doesn't exist, but they have the forms have changed. Like this yeah. is a really mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. and white, ham-handed interpretation of stereotypes that people may some people may have believed back in like the '90s, the '80s, right? So it's actually doing a real disservice by pretending like these are the same issues as presented that are going on now. Yeah, I I think these actresses are in their early 30s. So which is like kind of like our generation, like the older millennial generation. So to any young Asians listening to this and watching, I just want to apologize. This is this is our <laughs> generation. This is what ha- this is what happens when you grow up without uh you know, like drama fever when like no BTS, nothing like this. All we yeah. had yeah. were just like kind of like angry immigrant parents who are isolated from everything this is like um this is what happens and it's it's up to you guys i guess to to try to salvage what's left we're gonna do our part you know the one the 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 us we've who've managed to escape this kind of self-loathing but yeah this this you know just uh don't judge us too harshly this is the best we could do (laughs) has it been is it gonna continue airing or do we know anything about it like 
We don't know if it's been picked up, I don't think. Actually, Mark and I were talking about this before. Like on one hand, I kind of want this show to go on just because like some people blame BBC as being the culprit for letting this happen. I actually thank BBC. BBC, if you're listening to me, thank you for putting this on because it does broadcast what I think is a real problem mm-hmm. um in our in our community. And it makes it harder for anyone to deny that this is a real thing going on. So I actually think BBC inadvertently does a favor. So they're not the bad guys. If they suppress this, then like we have no way of talking about this. We would not have this podcast. We would not read all these articles about it. Yeah, I I blame I put the blame squarely on the creators. I'm not letting yeah. them put this on the BBC. Like yes, they're they're probably like pathological decision trees going on there that led to this show being promoted aired funded all of that but ultimately the to me the buck ends with the people who wrote this who produced this and it was it was promoted as being an asian vehicle like we had an asian uh writing staff uh actors were the cast was primarily asian this was this is how it was promoted so this is is for us if you want if you want that kind of credit then you have to be willing to take the responsibility for the work that you produce. So don't don't just try to escape out the back door and say, "Oh no, it's big, it's BBC's fault for letting this happen." Like, yeah, and and that's not to say, and you know, uh, like like the creators of this and the main stars of this were Asian women. That's not to say like all Asian women are like this, and we have to be able to draw that distinction, saying, "No, these are oh yeah. these particular individuals, and maybe certain people who share their view." But we're not going to cast some kind of blanket blame on the entire gender oh yeah which no, i think no. is what yeah. causes some of the kind of defensiveness and, the, and some of the tribalism we might see like no we like we uh, we should be able to uh partition the, the blame yeah and it's it highlights it, it highlights who gets to who gets to speak right so the fact that these were the women who and i'm not discounting their experiences i, I very much understand how miserable and humiliating at times that process must have been for them uh, but at the same time they were warped right so that's a symptom of the the damaged process that they had to go through so if nothing if i hope people are able to see like maybe there's a lot of damage that it, in the way we are trying to promote people in going through these traditional media channels to get to fame and fortune there's no way that you know people especially minorities won't be warped by it in very toxic ways we saw that in the big sick we saw that in master of none and we see it here um so they need we need we need healthier ways to promote people and we need to be able to promote healthy people yeah and we were we talk about ken jong in the slack a lot and people who watch the stand-up say he was actually really good and he was actually a very forceful asian voice but then the moment he has to enter the mainstream he just becomes like the the small dicked minstrel that the white audience audiences want him to be. I I can fully hold both opinions. That like Ken Jong means well. That he wants. He thinks this is his way of kind of advancing the greater cause. Yet at the same time, he he's fucking Asian step and fetch it. I mean, there's that school of thought. You know, like any representation is good representation, right? Like we just need more bodies out there. Like somehow some critical mass is gonna do. So, is gonna move the needle on perception of Asians. Um, I, I disagree with that approach. And I also think that's, it's pretty, it's a pretty damaged mentality to have, right? I think there, we should be able to recognize that we do have power as a community. We have the ability to make choices. We're, um, we don't have to be happy with less than 
the best. So it's 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 like just be grateful for what you get. Are you are you fucking kidding me? No. Yeah, no, that's a And especially if it's coming from another Asian, then yeah, consider it a compliment if I'm willing to uh willing to criticize or critique or anything. It's because I see you as one of mine, right? And I want to make sure that that voice is the best possible out there. Right? This is an act of care. And we absolutely should not be happy with anything, just whatever is thrown our way. That that's that's you're never gonna be able to progress if you're just happy with whatever scraps get tossed your way. A, you can't you you won't be able to think in terms of what you could be creating for yourself, and you have no vision for the future. You're dependent on someone else's vision of you. So I'm not I'm not in the school of thought that oh no we have to promote the the Chinese burn because you know yay it's Asians and media like no it's it's BS I don't want this out there. I don't think it did anything for me. And if it's, and you know, these creators talk, trying to uh, drag me into this, they say, oh, we're just representing, you know, all the Asian women out there. Maybe they said Chinese, I don't know, whatever. Um, Asian women out there. It's like, nope, uh, please consider this my <laughs> cease and desist. Right. <laughs> I do not wish to be represented by you. Um, this is my thanks, but Leave no me thanks. out of this. Leave um, me out yeah. of this entirely. I mean, and, yeah, and the other flip side Hallelujah that, and amen. Yeah, absolutely. And the flip side to that, Jess, is that we need to promote the really great examples of Asian-made media and representation that we do have, like movies like Gook by Justin Chan and Columbus. Uh, and, you know, those, we need to promote the great examples so that, it, it, and, and see the movies and, and, and vote with our doll, uh, with our feet and, you know, our money. Yeah, you know how, like, the... the... The Jade Pendant people got pissed off at us because he wrote that really scathing review. Like, no, fuck you. We're, we're not a charity, okay? We're not we're not grading on a curve here. I think if you are a, if you are like Asian and you make something good, we should go the extra distance to promote you. But we're not gonna if you make something shit, we're not gonna pretend it's good. That's because yeah, whatever. It's like it, we can't promote mediocrity. When it goes to the idea that like like Jess was pointing out is that that's that camp that any representation is good representation. Or anything Hell that's no. ever done by Asian people. I'd rather is, have no representation yeah. than bad representation. Right. Amen. Yeah. And the fact and the fact that we we dumped on your your stupid movie is actually is a compliment because we actually saw you, right? We saw you and <laughs> we cared and we cared enough to say your shit sucks. If we didn't give a shit, then we would say nothing, and that'd be the end of it because no one would. You know, no one would be talking about you, and then it w- you would disappear in obscurity. So you know, I mean, I've said this when before, they try to but... talk about. Sorry, Oxford, go ahead. Oh no, I said I, I said before, but like my dream is we we, we pull out Francois Truffaut, who was often criticized by uh, movie directors that all he did was criticize, criticize, criticize. So he's like, oh yeah, well fuck you, I'm gonna make a movie. Then he made The Four Hundred Blows, which is like one of the great movies, <laughs> period yeah. of. Of world cinema, so that's like my dream. One day, Plan A will make a movie, and I'll just we'll blow all you motherfuckers one. out of the water. There you go. <laughs> the the Asian American movie of all time. You know, we Lofty. need our I we like need it. our bonfire of the vanities. <laughs> we need our, uh, you know, um, wait, what? No, bonfire of the vanities is a very unflattering book about. Well, <laughs> that's true. What I mean, but I mean, we need our our blockbuster, right? We need our. Sort of. What's the, like the great novel? Like, oh, like 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 the great like a great American novel, like like a Great Gatsby or like the Greats of Wrath or, yeah. We need something or like, like I guess that. The sun also and, rises. Uh, you know, yeah. But you know, I think Plan A is definitely capable of, <laughs> of doing that, or or 
promoting people who are oh, yeah. who be able a to do cinch. that. What a cinch, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, there, there, there are so many creative uh, uh, Asian Americans out there, and Asian Canadians, and Asian, you know, Europeans and Asians. Um, that you know, I have no doubt that's going to happen. I mean, if, if we're at the very least, what I would like, I, it just pisses me off so much with these uh, um, minority-produced uh, pieces of media that are out there. Uh, there's such a disconnect between the between the audience that they are that they are actually uh, creating for. And the audience that they claim they're, they're they are creating for. There's always this disconnect. They always claim, "Oh, we're representing, you know, Asians or Hispanics or whatever." And you actually read it or watch it, and it's the audience is not for. It's not them. You're looking for like white adulation. You're looking for mainstream praise. One hundred percent. You have objectified your people yep. for yep. an audience that is not them. Yet you want you want this community support. Like, yeah. don't, 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 don't pull that bullshit here. Yeah, that, that's what I meant when I, I said about the, like, the Asian community has no ability to grow our own. Like, the, the, the people who express our stories and hopes and desires, we have no way of doing that. The only way we seem to do it is when people do it, like, in, in spite of us, of our community. And that's why you have them pretty much trying to appeal to a white crowd with like an asian twist with an asian twist yeah but like jade pendant right um i watched bits of it i didn't watch the whole thing it was really cringy oh my god um <laughs> i just read the review i was like oh i don't, I don't want to waste my time on this it don't don't waste your time um i, I think you do a lot of hate watching anyway so you yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't you do your this. fair share of my hate, hate watching watch time is very valuable yeah there you go <laughs> but it's clear i mean it's it's racist right if you like Try an exercise where you think, okay, imagine that somebody white had created this. It would actually, the same piece would read as completely racist, right? What does the ethnicity of the creator matter in that case? Whereas if it's a, if it's actually produced by a white person, like somehow we have a legitimate platform to say this is racist, this is awful. But because it's an Asian person, we're, we're supposed to stand up and say, yay, thank you for objectifying us yet fucking again to an audience that's already, that already knew this right like is it supposed to be better that the people who might make some money are asian (laughs) we're being exploited by our own so it's okay (laughs) but then in the media or in the press or something they'll always be like yeah i'm representing you know asians we're trying to empower them like like no you're not (laughs) no you're not and you know and that's why i think you know uh, gook by justin was just so great or one of the reasons is that he wasn't trying to cater to a white audience. Like, this is my story about Asians and black people. That was it. Like, he didn't, it, there wasn't any tinge of, like, I need to soften what I'm doing to appeal yeah, to. It also didn't pander to black people. No, it didn't. Absolutely, absolutely yeah. in, not. In fact, I, I was, at the end, I was kind of like, ooh, you know, like the, uh, I forgot the name. Keith, I think that was the name of the character. Yeah, Keith, I don't know if that's yeah. the actor's name or not. Like, oh, he's not actually, he's kind of portrayed in a bad like well, he's not completely sympathetic. He's not an angel. No. Like like he's not the magic negro who who you know inspires everyone to come together. Like oh this this is actually quite risky, and yeah I, I admired the the film for that. And I'm sorry I keep going back to it, but yeah it's sort of like one of one of very few examples we have. All right, looks like uh, we're approaching over an hour. This was this was a good this was a good uh, convo. It was. Woo.
So thanks for listening to this episode of Escape from Plan A. If you like what we're doing, read our articles at planamag.com. Also, be sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and you know whatever other platforms there are out there. We are also on Facebook and Twitter, so tell all your friends. Till next time. You sympathy fucker. There's no way I can touch that thing. I don't do Chinese. What do you mean, do? Do means have sex with. She does not sleep with Chinese people. She's racist. Can't control how my body feels. It's just when any of them come close, it's like dry lens. Huh? Dry lens? What's dry lens? Dry up. Downstairs. Little Jackie dries up. Oh, little Jackie, you have a daughter. I gotta pay.